What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through some of the top buy low trade targets heading into week five of the NFL season. Week five is the first week where we have bye weeks. We had a lot of injuries throughout the NFL this season. So I think this is the perfect opportunity to go out there, make some trades, buy low on some players, either to strengthen your starting lineup or potentially add some depth options, some depth wide receivers, maybe a solid running back here or there. So that's what we're going to be talking about in today's video. I'll have my sell highs in a different video, waiver wire already up on my channel. So check that out if you are interested. If you enjoy the content, hit that like button. But let's jump into my first buy low player. And I know people want me to talk about him. I don't know if people are going to love him as a buy low, but it is going to be Jameer Gibbs. I was very high on Gibbs heading into the season. I thought he was a buy low after week one. Everyone saw him on primetime, lots of overreactions. Now I think after week four, another game on primetime, Thursday night football, I think he's a screaming buy low after four weeks. And I will totally admit, I was probably too high on him heading into the season. He has been an overall disappointment through four weeks, especially with where I had him. But you're not buying Jameer Gibbs right now at his pre-draft price. You're buying him at his new updated price, which includes a lot of people panicking, potentially selling low on him. So we got to keep that into account, right? I could have been high on him heading into the season. Definitely not at that same place now, but I still think he's being undervalued at this point. I think the biggest reason why people are kind of quick to really turn on Gibbs, I do think it's quick, right? We're four games into his entire NFL career. We've seen these rookie running backs really break out in the second half, but people seem to be kind of fed up after four weeks. And I think the main reason for that is that his usage is kind of similar to what we saw out of DeAndre Swift. Um, DeAndre Swift and Jameer Gibbs are both kind of viewed as these talented backs who are being restricted by the Lions. You know, for years we had DeAndre Swift not getting as big of a workload as we wanted to. We thought it would change with Gibbs. People are like, okay, that's just the Lions. They're not going to give these guys a fair shake. And first off, I think there's a massive difference between Swift being underutilized for like three straight seasons, which also went back to a different coaching regime, and then Gibbs being underutilized through four weeks, right? Four games into his NFL season, I don't think we can say this is going to be the exact same situation that we've seen out of DeAndre Swift for what, like his first three seasons in the NFL. And like I said, year after year, these rookie running backs tend to break out later on in the season. And then my second point here on the uh, Swift comparison is that that is still a role that is very valuable. It's probably not going to pay up to what you drafted him at, right? Like if you drafted him as a back end running back one, that Swift role is going to be disappointing. But with where he's at now, that is not a role you can just throw away. And I feel like people are acting like Jameer Gibbs is completely useless and is someone who can't be a weekly start. I do not think that is true at all. DeAndre Swift last season, in a role that people thought was capped, was the running back 15 in points per game. He averaged 7.1 carries and 5 targets per game. So not a huge workload. Through four games, Jameer Gibbs is averaging 7.3 carries a game. Um, those are just the games with uh, David Montgomery, by the way. So excluding the game where uh, Jameer Gibbs got the start. So in the games with David Montgomery... 7.3 carries a game, more than DeAndre Swift was averaging, and then only 2.3 targets. That's kind of been the disappointing part, but I do think those are kind of bound to move up moving forward. I just think that if the Swift owner is going to panic, I'm going to gladly buy low on him because pretty much the floor of Jameer Gibbs at this point is that DeAndre Swift role, which is like a weekly RB2. He hasn't gotten into the end zone, which has skewed his production. He's not going to be getting the goal line work, but that doesn't mean that running backs aren't going to score touchdowns. We saw Swift score touchdowns, even with Jamal Williams vulturing on the goal line. So I think he's still a solid weekly RB2, and he also still has a lot of potential to just build on this workload throughout the season, be more involved as a pass catcher, take a few extra carries, get to that like 
10 carry per game area on this strong offense. I think Gibbs is a very, very strong buy. And after four weeks and seeing some of the people in my comments, I do think people are going to be panicking on him. Now, shifting over to the wide receiver position for another buy low, we're going to be talking about Christian Watson here. And even though Christian Watson did get into the end zone in that same game on Thursday Night Football, he was only targeted four times, caught two of them for 25 yards. And I could see someone drafting Christian Watson. Maybe they liked him heading into the season. Then he misses the first three games of the season. You're excited to throw him into your lineup. And then, you know, it kind of falls flat. Nothing crazy. Like I said, the touchdown saved his production. But even with the touchdown, it wasn't a great fantasy day. Still a little bit underwhelming. And the big reason for that is that he only had a 48% raw participation. So he did not come into his full role. He was limited. Um, and his four targets really don't look as bad when it's only on 20 routes, right? Like a 20% target rate. He'll be higher than that more consistently. But that's not like a terrible number, especially in his first week back. Just looking at this situation from the outside, Jordan Love had looked super impressive through the first three weeks of the season, and that was without his wide receiver one. He also had the highest air yards per attempt heading into that week four game. Once again, without Christian Watson, we know Christian Watson can win down the field, so those two things kind of mesh together well. I view Watson as a very strong weekly wide receiver too. I think right now you probably view him as like a back-end wide receiver too, but I do think he has that top 12 wide receiver upside. So if you're able to maybe sell high in one of these like overachieving wide receivers in the recent weeks, someone's maybe not feeling 100% on Christian Watson, he's definitely someone I'd be looking to kind of send out offers for. Another young wide receiver I'm going to be trying to target is Jordan Addison. He had his first like real bust performance of the season. I was very high on him heading into the year. I thought there would be a nice buy low opportunity early on. We didn't really get it through three weeks, but I think here's the opportunity. One target in week four, zero receptions, zero fantasy points. So he puts up a goose egg and he had kind of stacked enough solid performances in a row, like three startable performances where someone may have played him and then he may have just gone out, completely burned him in their starting lineup. He only had a 73% route participation, which is not great. KJ Osborne still up there at 91%. So he is still running the wide receiver three routes, but that usage just has to flip at some point this season. And I would lean to that flipping sooner rather than later. Through four weeks on less routes, Jordan Addison has 13 receptions for 185 yards, two touchdowns compared to eight receptions for 117 yards and two touchdowns for KJ Osborne. I just think Addison has proven he is clearly the more talented player, and I think he's going to continue improving his role moving forward. And he's coming off of this one down game, which was really just like a weird offensive game for the Vikings. Only 19 pass attempts. That was after averaging 46 pass attempts per game through the first three weeks. So just like an outlier, low passing volume game. I think they're going to shoot right back up there. The defense isn't great. They're going to be in some shootouts. The run game isn't great, so the passing volume is going to be there rest of season. In the short term, I view Jordan Addison as like a probably a back-end wide receiver three flex option. Like you could fit him in there, maybe like a wide receiver three weekly um, just due to like the bye weeks and injuries coming up. But once he takes over that wide receiver two role, I do think he'll be a locked-in top 24 wide receiver with some potential upside just based on the volume in this offense. So if you can buy low on Jordan Addison after the goose egg, I would definitely take the opportunity to do that here heading into week five. And then the final buy low player, it's going to be another wide receiver, and it is going to be Elijah Moore. And this is a nice buy low because with no Deshaun Watson, uh, seemed like he had a shot to play, didn't end up giving it a go. Um, this was just a horrible game offensively for the Browns. Uh, DTR went 19 of 36, and on 36 pass attempts, 
He threw for only 121 passing yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. With that type of stat line at the quarterback position, like no one's doing anything offensively, at least the uh, pass catchers. And I actually thought Elijah Moore was a solid buy low last week. I don't think I talked about him. I think I was um, kind of beating myself up because I thought I should have talked about him in that buy low video. But now he's going to be even cheaper here heading into week five after week four through the first three weeks of the season playing with Deshaun Watson. Elijah Moore commanded 25 targets. He wasn't super efficient with those opportunities, didn't break any big plays, didn't get into the end zone, but he's a guy who has already flashed some talent his rookie season. He's commanding volume early on here in the 2023 season. So with that type of volume on an offense that's solid, Deshaun Watson looked impressive in week three after looking a little underwhelming in the first two weeks. I think Elijah Moore can definitely end up being a solid like wide receiver three flex option moving forward. A really nice option you can add is some depth whose value is probably pretty low right now because he really hasn't delivered um, you know, super uh, solid fantasy production. So those are going to be my four buy low options. Jameer Gibbs, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Elijah Moore. I didn't mean for it to shake out like this, but I guess this video is kind of skewing younger with two of these rookies, a second year player, and then a third year guy. These are just players I'd be going out, throwing out, you know, offers for, see how the owner's feeling. Are they panicking? Are they going to sell them for low? then I'd pounce on it. So that's going to wrap it up for this one. Like I said at the top, waiver wire video already posted. Sell highs will be out today also. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.